Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon. It is Friday Fire number 40. I can't believe we've got 40 episodes deep on this. It's Friday, November 5th, and the uh, the cold weather has finally showed up. Uh, it's Guy Fawkes Night in the UK, uh, for, those of my, for those of my people back home. Uh, my American friends will probably recognize it as uh, V for Vendetta. Um, but Guy Fawkes, man, he was a, a revolutionary in the 1600s that was part of a gang that got caught trying to overthrow the king. And uh, they did some pretty brutal things to him. I think they hung him, then they chopped him up into little pieces, um, and then they spread him all around the country as a, a lesson to people not to revolt against their king. But uh, in the UK, they um, they celebrate by burning uh, burning effigies of the poor chap and uh, and letting off fireworks. But it's uh, it's a big it's a big celebration uh, in England. So Guy Fawkes, you know, super fond memories of that as a kid and eating soup with my parents standing out in a field watching fireworks Um, so that's today november 5th anyway uh this is friday fire um i'm sam the small business surgeon and uh, during the week on mondays we do uh, interviews with uh, with all kinds of people from business all kinds of successful people and they share their stories of how they failed how they became successful and some of the uh, tips and tactics that they use and then on Fridays I do Friday Fire and that is me just monologuing about stuff that I've learned during the week and uh, again as this week I'm not going to script it I'm just shooting uh, straight from a hip. The only thing in my notes are it's episode 40 and today's date is November 5th. So uh, we'll see how it goes again. I'm, I'm kind of liking this. I wanted to talk to you guys about my trip to Vegas uh, this week. So I am in Vegas with the Texas Media Foundry. We're out here shooting some stuff for ourselves and for some clients. We're out at SEMA. The, uh, it's like the biggest car show in the world. Um, And I don't want to talk about SEMA, and I don't want to talk about Vegas. What I want to talk about is a chance meeting that I had a couple of nights ago over cigars. Now, I know some of you are going to smoke and some of you don't smoke, and that's that's okay. Um, But I found that late at night in private rooms where there's a little bit of cigar smoke going on, um, you can have some of the most in-depth and honest business conversations uh, and personal conversations as well and so cigars to me have become a way of I mean I I like cigars yeah I I enjoy them but they're more of a way of sitting in the room with the right guys it's the way to get access to the room so I'm in Vegas and obviously you know I know very very few people out here and I'm in the uh in the casino, and I think, you know what, I want to go smoke a cigar. So find a little place, there's a little um, <clears throat> little lounge in the casino that I'm in. And it was relatively full, and there was a little area off to the side where um, there was three guys sitting, and uh, two of them were smoking cigars. So I said, hey, can I, can I join you guys? And they're like, yeah, come on over. And we got to talking. Now, I am at a international trade show and convention and it's the biggest car show in the world, probably. I mean, it's huge. I We walked around it solid for two days, and I, I 
I've got blisters on my feet already. We didn't see, we didn't even see half the stuff to see. I mean, it's a massive, massive show. So there's a lot of industry people here, and there's a lot of them smoking cigars. And I had a chance meeting with a fella, and he was, uh, there, there was three of them in there. We started talking, and they were talking about their business. And it became pretty obvious from the conversation that they were all salesmen. But they weren't salesmen like, like I'm familiar with sales. These guys were salesmen on a different level. These guys were regional and country-based, international-based. One, one of the guys there was in charge of all the accounts for Ireland, for example. Um, they were in charge of huge, huge sales accounts. And it's funny because the conversation switched to you know building their brand and how they were going to sell more stuff. And you know they didn't know me from, from Adam. And these guys were all dressed in, uh, in suits, and I wasn't. And they got to talking about how they put product in front of people and how they develop a brand. And I found it extremely interesting because these guys develop a brand through merchandising and through building a product. And what they do is they build the product first and then they push that product out to the consumer and then they see how the consumer responds to the product. And then they build their entire marketing strategies from that whereas the way that I do it and the way a lot of the people that I work do it is they build the audience first they build an audience of people that are loyal to a brand and that follow a brand and that want to interact with a brand and then they sell them the product and so I wondered if there could be some symbiosis between the two uh, styles and when they asked me, all right, so how would you build a brand? I took it top to bottom and told them how I would build a machine and build a brand based on value and build a brand based on social media. And they pulled up their Facebook page. And this is a this is a multi-million dollar company. I mean, the, I'll skip ahead in the story, but I, I ended up speaking directly for over an hour with the guy that actually owned the the whole thing and they manufacture their own product and they ship it internationally and they're, they're in like every single major country and so like shit this is why i need notes i forgot <laughs> i forgot where i was going with this um but we start to talking and i explain how i'd build a brand using social and i linked that back to how red bull have built their brand and it's about the brand first and it's about building the audience and being front and center and being, you know, something that people relate to and people can engage with. And that led to the one owner and me splitting off for about an hour talking back and forth. And this guy was 48 years old and had been just about broke when he was 40. It took me quite a while, actually, sitting with him, chatting and eventually he opened up. And the funny thing is, everybody in the... Now, by this time, there was quite a few more people in the room. We'd, we'd broken off to the side. Everybody in the room was drinking, except for me and this one other guy, and me and this owner. And um, we started talking, and it immediately moved away from business and into mindset and into attitude. So once I had 
you know, explain to him how the social marketing works and how we do things and how we build brands. Um, we got onto mindset and what are the chances of me being in that particular cigar lounge in that particular casino at that particular time where this one dude that was completely broke in his early forties and has now built a multinational company that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. What were the chances of me sitting across from him and lending him my cigar lighter? I mean, that's pretty damn like, <laughs> so anyway, we get to talking about mindset and this is the whole purpose of today's Friday fire. It's the mindset thing. And so first off, he asked me, young man, he said, <laughs> I don't feel young. I'm 41, but you know what? He said, young man, he said, do you like to read? I said, yeah, absolutely. I like to read. And he said, have you ever read a book called Think and Grow Rich? And I said, well, yeah, yeah, I've read it many times. And he said, well, what's the secret? And I told him the secret. Now, I can't tell you guys the secret because there's a special thing in Think and Grow Rich where the, uh, the author, Napoleon Hill, he asks you, when you discover the secret, you know, don't tell anybody. They've got to discover it for themselves. And that's got a lot to do with, you know, you can't receive a lesson before you're ready to be taught it. You can't, you're not going to learn anything until you're ready, until you actually accept that, hey, I need to go learn this. And so the author asked you not to share the secret of the book, but between guys that have read the book and understand the secret, it's like, uh, I don't know, it's like an unwritten, unwritten bond. You know what the secret is, right? And man, I wish I could tell you, but you got to go discover it for yourself. Um, it's very much, it's very much mindset related. Uh, but that's all I'll say about that. So he and I bonded over this book. <clears throat> and uh, funny side note, then he, he asked me, have, have you read The Richest Man in Babylon? <laughs> Which is a lot of you know, I'm, I'm actually piecing out and reading on uh, on Facebook right now. I'm doing a, a chapter or two every night on Facebook Live. So that was that was an interesting uh, segue too. The, the only two books that he mentioned, the only two we talked about were Think and Grow Rich and Richest Man in Babylon. He said, those are the only books you'll ever need. I'm like, well, you know, I like to read a little bit more than that. But he's right. Fundamentally, like with the information in Think and Grow Rich and with the information in Richest Man in Babylon and with the discipline that you need, like you could really do it with just those two books. Um, that's not that's not a, a, a green flag for you guys to stop reading. Um, keep reading, keep educating yourselves. But it was funny that, we bonded over these two books, and the guy had been just about broke um, at 40. And so he, taught, he told me a story that motivated him, and I want to relay that story to you right now. He says there was an old – no, it wasn't old. He says there was a fella in California that was broke, and he had a family to feed. And he went to apply for a job as a computer programmer. Man, I got this story all wrong. I should have wrote this down. All right, so he goes to apply for a job where he needs to work a computer, basically. And he's got a great resume, but he can't work a computer. And the fellas, they say, hey, man, if you can't do spreadsheets and you can't do this, then I don't, uh, I don't have a job for you. And so the guy's all dejected, and he goes on his way home, and he sees a tomato stand, tomato stand, however, how are we going to say that shit? 
tomato stand. <laughs> and uh, the guy at the tomato stand is hiring. There's a now hiring sign out. Uh, this poor fellow that's been for the job, needs a job so badly, he says to the guy at the tomato stand, he's like, hey, let me sell tomatoes for you. And, uh, you know, I'll do a real good job. And he does. And he hustles up and he sells some tomatoes. And uh, he keeps selling tomatoes. And that becomes his job. And he makes enough money that first day to feed his family. And over time, he gets really, really good at selling tomatoes, which has nothing to do with computers, right? But he has the desire and the drive to feed his family. And he has the work ethic to show up and be the best damn tomato-selling person that he can be. Well, not too long after that, the boss entrusts him with a second stall because he's been selling so many tomatoes. And so he trains up the next guy, and they sell tomatoes together. And this keeps going to a point where the man says to his boss, he says, look, I've built 10 of these stalls for you now, and we're selling more tomatoes than you ever sold before. It's like, I'd like to go out on my own. And the uh, tomato farmer, he was an old man, and he blessed this fella, and he said, by all means, go out on your own. And so he facilitated it. He'd done a good job for him. You know, if I've got an employee that's done a great job for me and they want to leave and go start their own thing, then that's my duty to facilitate that and to help them grow. And this guy did the same thing. He facilitated the guy leaving and starting his own business. He gave him his connections. And this one fella that went for a job uh, that needed a computer and was too illiterate to work a computer, all of a sudden now had... 20 little tomato stands popping up all over South California and was selling a bunch of tomatoes, all because he had the desire to use the skill sets that he had to feed his family. From there, <clears throat> he starts buying all the tomatoes that the supplier can handle. And so he has to go out and find other suppliers from further afield. But in his journeys further afield, he finds more opportunity to take his business model that he's got with his tomato stands that are running very, very smoothly and to replicate those tomato stands all over the state. And so this fella then becomes the biggest tomato seller in the state and he ends up buying out inventory from all the tomato wholesalers. <clears throat> so then what he goes and does, because he can't grow anymore, is he goes and buys his own land and he starts planting tomatoes. And all of a sudden... This guy's now in the tomato growing business. And he starts supplying tomatoes to the wholesalers that were selling him tomatoes that he could sell to the public. So now he's got his own source of tomatoes. He's cutting out all the wholesalers and turning them into customers. And he's still got his retail operation. And he's selling more tomatoes than anybody in the state. Years later, when he was asked the secret of his success... His answer was, I'm successful at selling tomatoes because I didn't know how to work a computer. Now, whether that lesson is true or not, sorry, whether the story is true or not, the lesson is there. The lesson is there. And this is the lesson that you will find in the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's the lesson you will find in the book, Think and Grow Rich. The lesson is that with enough desire and enough focus and enough consistency over time, this man 
that was too illiterate to work a computer became a multimillionaire and the biggest tomato distributor in all of California. Let that be the lesson. Where there's a will, there's a way. The power to do all of this is in the mind. Like, that wasn't a chance meeting that I sat down with this fella and spent at least 20 minutes of the time we were together showing him how to build a social media strategy for his company that could take him from merchandising in stores to build an audience that he was engaged with. So the next product rollout he did, everybody was already a fan of his brand. And that's going to lead to a relationship. You know, that's going to lead to some more work. That's going to lead to work for the media foundry. That's going to lead to consulting work. And the only reason that came about is because I took a gamble and said, I want to shoot SEMA. How do I take my team to SEMA? What has to happen for me to get my guys that love shooting video in front of guys that love cars, in front of guys that make decisions, and in front of guys that own businesses? And the only reason we're out here is because I had the mindset and the determination to make it happen. Like, this isn't luck. It's not skill. It's just sheer determination. I'm focusing on the shit that I want to get done. So that's it for today. I'm going to wrap up Friday Fire. Um, you know, I hope you got something out of it. If you did, please do me a favor and uh, screenshot something. Share it on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram, at Small Business Surgeon. I always forget that. I love getting the messages from you guys. And uh, if you're feeling so inclined, drop me a review on iTunes as well. I really enjoy that. All right? We will be back on Monday. I'm about to uh, – it's actually Thursday here. It's not Friday. We do the I record this the day before, but we're about to hop a plane. We're about to uh, head over to uh, Houston and then drive up to Dallas tomorrow for the Apex Live event. So I will actually be in Dallas all day tomorrow. If you're listening to this um, and you're at the event, hey, come find me because uh, I want to say hi to you all. And uh, I've got some uh, got some swag that we're taking up there that we're going to be giving out. So, all right, you'll be good. Stay safe and uh, tune in on Monday when we've got another excellent guest. But because I forgot to look at the show notes, um, I'm not sure who it is yet. I'm sure Kyle will fill us in on that. Hey, Kyle, do me a favor. Tell the guys who today's uh, who Monday's guest is. All right, you'll be good. I'll see you on Monday. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in.